Welcome, everyone. Today, we're excited to bring you the very first Mr. Pronoia podcast. We're going to be covering a range of different interests here, starting with the relationship between discipline and resistance to the power of community. We'll be touching on a potential free energy technology. We'll also be going over the effectiveness of focusing on similarities over differences. Now, before we get going, I do want to touch on a part of inspiration for the podcast, and that is pronoia. Pronoia is the opposite of paranoia. It's the belief that the universe is conspiring in your best interest. We're going to take a deep dive into that in episode two and invite you guys to explore who Mr. Pronoia is and the way that he looks at the world. What's up? This is, this is Matt, and this is Rex, and these are this kind of a, the the voices here, and yeah, fire this first thing <laughs> off, man. Excited. We've been talking about it for a while. We've been wanting to get one going, and it's one of those things where we're both juggling things in our own personal life, and just got to find the time for it. But uh, I'm, I'm glad we're here now. Found the time. Yeah, and it'll be cool because it'll be fun to just see how something takes a life of its own um, without putting too many parameters on it or uh, too many expectations and trying to control it and more so just seeing what comes up naturally as we're talking. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like uh, our conversations are usually on par for around the same type of topics. And I think we'll have a a wide range, but also a nice little uh, like-minded topics here that we can, we can cover and have a good basis on yeah and it'll, it'll be fun too to see where stuff just naturally gravitates because mm-hmm. it's like who who yeah who knows it could be something out of left field we could yeah <laughs> could yeah. all of a sudden be uh yeah it could be a podcast about uh space or something like something that yeah. we didn't even really expect going into it exactly so. and you know we're we're both involved in different communities too so you know whether it's bringing on music artists or just, you know, friends that uh, have interesting ideas to share or, or what have you. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun ride. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. And so I guess we can just jump in. I mean, first off, Rex, how's your day been, dude? What's, what's been on your mind? It's been good. Um, you know, we recently, Matt and I started doing pickleball and every Friday morning, at least, we've been meeting up and playing pickleball, which is a, a new thing for me. But I, I feel like I've picked it up pretty quick. And mm-hmm. we get some really competitive games going, which I thrive on getting competitive on the court of, of, of any type, really. Uh, so, yeah, that's always a great start to the morning and uh, got some good uh, studio time. And so, yeah, those are those are usually my main priorities, you know, is like making sure I, you know, that's that's kind of my my job, if you will, you know, as an artist, like making sure that's that's one of the things I get in for the day. And then with the gym routine, making sure I get that. in. if I get those two checked off, those are my main priorities. And then, of course, I like to add in some of the morning routine stuff. But all my boxes are checked for now. <laughs> Feeling good. That that's awesome. So if you like, if you strip that back even a layer beneath that, beyond kind of the the activities, it's like what's what's been on your mind. Yeah, what's been on your mind throughout your day today? Has there been any like specific, like common themes or um, particular areas of focus to where? 
whether it, I mean, it could be while you're playing, while you were playing pickleball or when you got home. Um, and it could be something that, yeah, has been that you've been thinking about over the past few days. It could just be something new today. Has there been anything in particular that you can, that comes to mind that your attention has been drawn to? Um, I'm reading a book right now. It's called trans surfing. And, you know, I usually like to take a little bite size out of one of my readings that I'm doing and that, which tends to be like spiritual based type of stuff, you know, and I'll take a little bite size of that and try to like mill over that throughout the day. And, um, you know, I'd say for now, one of the things I've really been trying to think about over the past, like maybe couple weeks has generally been, um, from this, the first principle of the hermetic principles, the, the all is mine, the universe is mental. And uh, that concept is a big one that I've been trying to mill over. But this book that uh, I'm reading right now, Transurfing, they've kind of touched on that a little bit. And uh, just talking about like how everything that we experience first is coming from our mind. And it's kind of like a feedback loop in the sense that uh, a lot of us um, are reacting to things we see out in the material world and one of the things that this book is saying is that you know the things that we're seeing are being projected from our mind and if you really want to affect your reality in a, in a big way um, to go back to where it's all coming from to the other side of the mirror that we're seeing you know and, and going inward and uh, you know like focusing on cause instead of effect yeah yeah exactly and seeing how that changes the projection your mm. experience that you're having you know um but yeah he, he basically in that book he's saying that like you know most people are reacting to what they're seeing on the external world which affects their mental state which keeps projecting that and just keeps that that's a, like a negative loop almost in yeah a lot of ways yeah so i would say like you know taking it down from the first hermetic principle that I've been chewing on for the past at least couple of weeks, you know, taking that down to more bite size, what he's been saying, and just really trying to focus on like the mental state, you know, the, the generally just keeping positive thoughts and, uh, you know, just watching where my mind goes. Mm. Cause it's, it's interesting if you don't really keep a tab on it throughout the day. That's a good point. And that, cause it's like these, especially nowadays, it's like a lot of people have, heard about the yeah like, like your the power of your thoughts and the power of positive thinking and it's almost like cliche um but until you actually sit there and watch and analyze and see where your mind's going you don't realize like how many things are stealing your attention how many unconscious thoughts can pass by that can just be so easily latched onto. At least I know that that's kind of my experience with it is when I really try to focus in on that stuff, it's, it's, uh, it's weird to think about, you start to see it and it's even more weird to think that like all this stuff is usually kind of come into my mind unconsciously. Yeah. And yeah, if, if you're not sitting in the driver's seat there, I mean, you might latch on to something negative and spend an hour dwelling on it and not even like really realize that you just went down that hole. For sure. <laughs> and then question why you feel the way you feel. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, it's like I can't really draw the connection. 
Um, but yeah, and if you were able to see from that higher view, it's like, okay, I was dwelling on something. Not necessarily the best thing for an hour all morning long while I was eating breakfast or exactly. whatever. <laughs> yeah, so easy to do. And that's, that's one of the reasons that I enjoy going to the gym and stuff like that because it, it takes my mind out of that space and it can almost put it in a state like after you get done with like a meditation or a breath work, you know, I feel like that gym can really, after you get a good gym session, you know, it can put you in the same mental space where you just have a lot of clarity and focus and it's almost I, like a reset. Yeah, exactly. And especially like doing art and trying to get in the flow state, I feel like it's imperative that it's, you know, one of the things I really enjoy doing in the morning is getting my blood going, getting those chemicals going and all that stuff. And then it's a lot easier to sit at the computer or what have you and, and work on stuff and mm. be a lot more focused, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's almost like you have to have both. You have to have both sides uh-huh. of the... You can't sit into one for too long. It's like you can't just sit at the computer doing the creative stuff without stepping away, recharging, um, kind of the opposite a guy like Walter Russell, who we've talked about him before, he talks about how they have concentration and decentration. It's like concentration is when we're doing the action, doing the thing, creating the art. Decentration is when you're doing something else that like allows your mind to expand. Kind of like a, he uses like a watch spring. And so a watch spring, like I guess an old, an older watch. Cause I mean, these okay. books are like 60 years, 70 years old, but like, <laughs> I guess a, it's like, almost looks like a pinwheel. Okay. Um, and so like, if you're looking down on a pinwheel where it's almost like a spiral, kind of gotcha. like, like a galaxy. Okay. Like, if you look at the Milky Way spiral galaxy, it's so it's like when you're concentrating, it's like that spring is wound up as tight as it'll go. And then, uh, decentration is like letting that spring go. And it expands. And and so his theories are, are based on, like, you have to have that rhythmic balance interchange between them. It's like the positive half and the negative half. It's like the concentration is like the masculine half, decentration, feminine half. And so we get out of balance when we do too much of one. Like, if you're only doing the action, 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 action a lot of people get burnt out because you're not doing the other half. But if you're doing all of the other half, then you just never get anything done. Um, it makes like a lot find, of sense. Finding that sweet spot. But Yeah. Didn't he say something along you have like about like a two hour concentration mm-hmm. period until you need to go to the decentration? That yeah. Right? That, that was his, uh, that was how he was. I, I've found that seems about right. Like any one thing having diminishing returns yeah that's one of the reasons i enjoy getting a a garden out back here is that uh, it's a great little escape during the day you know just like after i've been working on art for a couple hours or just anything reading what have you great excuse to go out there and water the garden and take your mind off everything get some sunlight in kind of get into that natural state Uh uh-huh exactly i'll never forget like i heard one of the main regrets on people's deathbed is that they work too much. Mm. And that really struck a chord with me. You know, at the time I was working at eight to five and I was brokering freight. I'd always wanted to chase my own dream and maybe start my own thing. But, you know, most people do, but it's kind of hard to take that dive to mm. do it, you know, through a, a spiritual habits and stuff like that. I found some confidence to take the dive and it's been one of the better decisions I've ever made, mm. you know. Um, there's been rough times here and there, but you know, there's, there's nothing more fulfilling than chasing your own dream and working for yourself and yeah, spending your time exactly how you want to see it. hundred percent. And it's, it's interesting how there's that, 
yeah, there's that, that resistance that makes it hard to, to do that change, to like, to get out of the rut or to get out of the routine. And that's why I would say like, yeah, you have the majority of people that are kind of in the routine and are in the rut. Reminds me of that, uh, that Terrence McKenna quote. It's, it's something along the lines of if you have faith and trust fall, you'll realize that the universe is a feather bed. Mm. You know, I have found that true in my life, you know, and it will take you on a ride where there's scary parts and all that. But I guess that's part of the Lila, you know, the mm-hmm. divine play that, you know, kind of keeps it exciting. Yeah. It keeps it very exciting. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's part of the fun. Yeah, it is. And it was circling back to something you were talking about earlier about just like going to the gym, playing pickleball. That's interesting. Cause that almost, creates a space of that that leaping into the unknown on kind of a micro scale it's like when you when you go out in public or you go to the gym or you go play any uh sport or you compete or anything there is that element of unknown that is in there it's like who am i going to see at the gym what's going to happen what's gonna what are we going to play how are those games going to go how am i going to do and there's kind of like and it's different every time it's like kind of a different experience as opposed to when if you just like stay in your house all day and it's kind of or work out in your 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 the gym that you have uh in your garage it's like much more controlled much more takes less of that going out and venturing into the unknown yeah and that's what came to mind to me when you were talking is like opening up to the unknown being completely vulnerable and throwing yourself to the to the unknown and uh i feel like that's where a lot of the magic happens you know um we get a lot of our answers through our community and people that we connect with and you have to go out and talk to people to get that you know and that's one of the reasons i love music festivals so much is because it 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 throws you out there to a, usually conditions where most people are not in their most comfortable state, you know, and it, it forces you to be social. And uh, usually you have things in common right off the bat with people mm. out there, you know, and I've found deep connection with people through music festivals and some of my best friends I've met through music festivals, I'd say well over 50% of them. Um, and it gives us a reason to all link up and connect and, and dance under the stars, under the moonlight and, I've been going to music festivals for 15 years now. So it's it would be hard for me to even imagine who I am without them, mm-hmm. you know, hitting at least four to six or so a year, you know. Um, you know, and it, it's it's driven me to do what I do for a living and, you know, creating visuals for LED walls and festivals and shows and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's a big piece of who I am is uh, finding community by going into the unknown. Speaking yeah. of... I'll be going to Burning Man in end of August. I have okay, a crazy so August coming up. Not... I'm going on a cruise, and then the next week after that, I'm going straight to Burning Man. Show. So, talking about the unknown, man, yeah. next month is going to be an exciting <laughs> one. I'm expecting it to be juicy. That'll be cool. Yeah, that is that is what's unique and interesting about festivals is it's almost. Yeah, it forces everyone to be in that place of the unknown. It's like everyone, you can go to the same festival every year, but it's always kind of different. There's always kind of different people, and those people are always kind of different, even if you see them, the yeah. same people. And so you're you're almost, you're stepping out of the normal, whatever your normal world is, into this 
fabricated new world, new reality. And then for, yeah, three, four, five, six, seven, what is Burning Man? It's even one of the yeah, longer ones. I want to say it's at least a week. I know that. Yeah. Which um, is, so we'll be going for like five days or so. Man, if you want your faith restored in humanity, just go to a music festival. If you've never been and you are just low in faith on humanity, get your ass out. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, like, again, that's where I've met some of my best friends. And with everyone going into the unknown together, I feel like people are just so open to connecting. People are hungry for connection. And one of the cool things I've realized by going out there to things like this and just around town as well is that, like, the stuff that I see online and on the media um, doesn't represent my experience in the world on one-on-one connections or in even group settings, you know, whether it's at a show down at George's here in town or, you know, going to a restaurant, like people are generally very kind, you know, and it's, if you just are on like Twitter or, you know, whatever social media app you're on, you know, you, you may have a different perception that, uh, you know, people are bickering and, and, and whatnot. But I feel like a lot of that just thrives online for the, the loud loud few. Yeah, which, which is interesting to think about because if someone's spending most of their time online, then that kind of becomes their reality. And that becomes yeah. their perspective. And that also, back into what uh, we were talking about earlier with the thoughts and how that your thoughts kind of create this, create your reality and then the feedback loop of how you interact with that. If, if your input is nothing but those uh, just like negativity from the bickering and stuff online that you're seeing and that's all you're seeing, well, then you start, you, in your mind, you start thinking that's how reality is. So then your thoughts start then perpetu- perpetuating that. And then you can only imagine the spiral there. But that, yeah. then you go to the festival and you're like not seeing any of it. And it's it's like, whoa, this is... This is different. This is how much of it's fabricated. Yeah, and it makes you think. I've always, as I'm out in festivals, and even even being in a festival and comparing it not to the online stuff, just comparing it to your everyday life, it uh, it almost feels like the festivals feel like reality. They they feel closer to what is real than even your everyday life where you're, you might go to work or you might have, have these other responsibilities that are natural to society. Um, but yeah, when you're, when you're in there and you're all that stripped down, it's like, Oh, well now it's just about raw connection and conversations. And it's like, Oh wow, this, this seems to be the, like the stuff that really matters in life becomes at the forefront, embedded in the experience. I was just thinking, like, I, I probably know most of my festival neighbors better than I know my actual neighbors, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad, you know, but it is in a true sense, like, in, in the sense that you were saying, I see, like, how that is how we're supposed to be with the sense of community and an open door policy with a neighbor type of mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, let me know if you guys need anything, you know, like that's just, this, that's the norm there, you know? Yeah. And I know my neighbors feel that and we wave at each other, but it's on, <laughs> it's very, very, you know what I'm saying? They're yeah, great yeah, yeah. people, but it's very surface level. Yeah. It's like, at a, at a festival, I feel like you're you're sitting down and you're having those late night combos and getting in deep with them. You yeah, know? quick. Yeah, too. there's a lot of potential there for it. And and there and like and relating back to the neighbor stuff, yeah. And that's and that's something I think that can then carry over into the into the neighbors. I mean, I'm at mm-hmm. my new, my new house right now, and our neighbors are a little bit more spread out, but I mean, we still have neighbors. Yeah, and I, I've even it, even knowing that like the power of that community. 
I still, uh, it's something that I, I, I want to do better at is like, these people are spending so much time around your living quarters. It's like, how do you, how do you strengthen that? Mm-hmm. Um, my last, before I moved, I lived on a, the end of a, uh, just like in town at the end of a, of a road of, of a short road on kind of the top of a hill. And so it almost forced community because you're, it was a dead end. So, um, there's only one way in and one way out. And so mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, we seeing these people. And they started while we were there kind of during the COVID era, they, they started to have like little, little gatherings like in the, in the, like almost like a little block party. Nice. And, um, yeah, that, that grew and now they do it like at least once a month. They'll, oh, they'll wow. kind of just like meet up and, and every, everyone. So there's probably 10 to 12 different houses that, that participate. And so you're, you're like having gatherings with these people every single month. That's and so cool. I, I don't know. I just think that imagine too, if we got to where as a society that became more of the norm again, to where you brought back actually having um good interactions daily interactions or at least like every other day with the people that are literally i mean for some people 20 20 feet away 20 like houses that are close together i mean you might be in your wall and then 20 feet away your neighbors and they're in their uh bedroom and it's like yeah how how do we get back because there is power in that community there is power in that connection yeah great power i mean i I feel like that's as a humanity i feel like that's if we want to have big change we have to get back to that type of community and and it seems like it has to start locally Mm -hmm. you know like yeah you can have facebook groups and stuff like that but like you don't really see a whole lot of huge change come from it you know i feel like when people get face to face and like share energy if you will you know and share ideas and have open discourse and and realize that like we agree on some stuff but you know don't miss the trees for the forest that like we have so much in common and we really want basic things we all want the same basic things and Mm -hmm. like there's there's little things that we can bicker on you know if we get caught up in it but like we all want shelter. We want to feel provided for, you know, we want good food, clean water. I think most people can agree we don't want to be censored. We, we want free access to information and to make the best choice for ourselves and to uh, be treated as if we're competent to make our own decisions until proven otherwise. Um, so yeah, getting getting back to that community and, and having that open discourse, um, I feel like would be so important. And that's one thing that actually my neighbors here, they started doing that recently. And it was during the COVID area around there. They started, they don't do it as often as like once a month, but it'll be probably like once every like six months or so. Mm-hmm. They've been doing a little meetup, which has been super cool. And... <laughs> The only other reason I was meeting my neighbors is because my dogs kept escaping and they'd bring them back to me, which was cool. My dogs introduced me to most of my neighbors, you know, but now I have a, an extra reason to go meet them and shake some hands and mm-hmm. just catch up. You know? Yeah. Cause I mean, some people, they might not even leave, leave, leave their house as much. I mean, some mm-hmm. people might be caught in that rut and you're, you're, it could be your name. It could be the, the guy right next door to you. Yeah. And those, yeah, those, those meetups and conversations with your neighbors i mean that could be like the highlight connection of their their month or their their six months and yeah it just goes 
it goes far and there's like i think it like you what you were saying as far as like kind of a local level versus a virtual um virtual community it's like you have i mean you can almost start with yourself obviously it's like your your relationship with yourself or your relationship with that that higher source of of um however you want to label it and then you have your relationship with maybe your partner or your significant other um your your family and then it slowly start starts working out from there and then it's okay it's your neighbors it's the people closest to you and then outside of that i mean you have your friends and stuff too mm-hmm. but um but just like on an easy community level they would then it would go neighbors and then it would go your the town you're in mm-hmm. and then um state country and then you just keep expanding outward uh but yeah a lot of times that especially now when you do are able to connect digitally the the neighbor one just gets completely overjumped yeah because i mean most people do have their friends and like that's awesome too and that doesn't take away from anything um but you can connect with people virtually and have a whole slew of friends um that you text and keep up with but that you may not see but Mm -hmm. your neighbor it's like you're passing this dude's house every single day you're seeing him walking the dog and most people don't even i mean a lot of people don't even know their neighbor's names yeah 100 (laughs) percent. and you know if something went down you know let's say that we we lost all internet electricity solar flare let's say They'd probably be the first people I'm going to connect with. Like immediately, <laughs> yeah. I'm walking like, to their door and knocking on it. And like, uh, I guess walkie-talkies won't even work. I don't know. But, like, you know, like, we're keeping in touch. I'm walking over here every day and checking on you at the very least, you know. But besides, you know, going to find your family, that that is going to be your immediate family. If anything ever went down, that's basically your immediate right there. Everyone's going to band together. And that's, that's one thing that, uh, you know... Again, I do have a lot of faith in humanity, but it, I truly feel like if anything went down, that I could rely on them, and I hope they know they can rely on me. Mm-hmm. 100%. And you like you get to meet people that you wouldn't normally meet with, meet in a lot of ways. So like if you're only relying on um, your friends as relationships, it's like you're only getting the, the opinions of people that kind of think generally the same way as you, but like a neighbor it could just be so random. It yeah. could be like someone you would never ever think to have a conversation with. Uh-huh. Um, but, and, and it's those kind of relationships where you learn a lot. I feel like, 100%. and it's like one of those that you can't avoid either. It's like, this is your neighbor. So yeah. like, even if they're way different, you're going to have to figure out a way to connect. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I, I feel like it gives you context of the world. And you always wonder how some people can see the world in certain ways. But, you know, if you rub enough elbows with just random, uh, random people, you know, whether they're, you know, I'm 34 and they may be 80, you know, but I'm over there having a conversation for a couple hours. I'm probably going to have a little bit of a different perspective of the world. I would yeah, like to think. 100%. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to, yeah, be able to, to still connect with that person. I think that comes back to, yeah, like focusing on the similarities instead of the differences, mm-hmm. which then kind of makes your online experience better too. If you can build that habit of focusing on like where, what, where are we thinking um, along the same lines mm-hmm. instead of just like immediately focusing on, on the difference during the conversation. And it's like most people, even though they can be polar opposites of you, 
but there's still so much that are exactly the same. Yeah. And yeah. I think that those relationships, like you're saying with someone that's maybe 80 years old, way older than you, um, completely different generation, but you, you can have like certain things you connect on and uh-huh. build, build an entire relationship on. Exactly. And it's, for me, like I, I love hearing opposite opinions of the mind. You know, um, I always like to play devil's advocate. So hearing the complete opposite of what I hear and hearing someone justify it, especially if it's sound, I love it, you know. And I have respect for anyone on whatever side of the aisle you sit on or whatever opinions you have. Really, I would say the prerequisite for me is just have intellectual honesty, you know, don't just toe the line that your party said this, so you have to feel this way or say this thing. And it's, I've, I've, you know, like this is my team. That's what they say. Even though in my gut, I know it's probably wrong. That's what they said. So I'm, I'm full mm-hmm. force with you guys. To me, that's not honorable at all. It's, uh, you're not being honest with yourself. You're not being honest with those around you. It's hard to expect people to respect your opinion. If, they sense that you're being even dishonest with yourself. Um, so to me, that's one of the things that like, just a prerequisite, just be honest with yourself and trust your gut and don't watch mainstream media. <laughs> I've always said, friends don't let friends watch mainstream media. <laughs> you know, and it, it, <laughs> it's a thing. Like, uh, you know, I, I feel like that they prey on, on people that uh, are looking for answers but unfortunately they they like to they like to feed fear and lead with fear and we've had enough of that over the past few years you know it, it's time for people just to really just listen to your gut you know and in another way of information there's so many more ways of information and we're creating one of them right now through podcasts and to me that's one of the the best ways to get information because you're getting those long form conversations where if, so, if you hear someone talk for an hour, even 30 minutes, you can usually tell if they're full of crap or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's rare that uh, I, I leave a po- hearing a podcast and not be able to have a, a judge of character on the person after hearing them talk for at least 30 minutes or so. 100%. You know? and it's like that's how we've we've almost evolved to be able to do that mm-hmm. as just like whether it's like a survival mechanism of just even even if it's subconsciously it's like you just you you can read someone after so so much time Mm -hmm. um especially like you're saying 30 minutes you have a you uh, you have a good general feeling our minds are like computing it all yeah it's like oh this is this person's being genuine or oh this this is like hiding something it just it kind of just comes out um but yeah if you're on those short forms it's really hard to yeah to know yeah, and things get manipulated. You know, sound bites are clipped out. There's yeah, not context. Yeah, can completely change. They just, yeah, they just twist what you say. But hopefully, yeah. if this is like this long form content continues to unfold, podcasts becoming more popular and and stuff like that. That that will be kind of the social norm to you know whether it's a politician or or any uh, elected candidate, any anything like that. Um, that we need a judge of character and to feel if they're being honest with us should almost be required, you know, to go have those long form conversations. You know, if you're saying you want to run the country, let's hear you talk for an hour. <laughs> you know, I, I think that should be a, not asking much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I feel like it's cool to be living in a time where like that's possible now and uh-huh. we're seeing it. Yeah. And 
it's interesting to see yeah how that's gonna how it's gonna change some things yeah yeah 100 percent what's uh what's been on your mind lately um i think just been navigating being busy and having certain duties to do that uh maybe out of like for instance this is a house that we moved into recently it's got like a ton of different projects that aren't inherently hard necessarily but it starts to be hard when you add all the other life stuff so it's like uh, owning and running a company that's kind of a piece and then you have like your relationships juggling relationships and making time for relationships um, family all that entails with family and then now all of a sudden you have all these extra projects that aren't necessarily something like I'm super passionate about. Like I think it's it's fun for the most part doing it, but I think when you have all the other stuff, it's much harder to um, really be present and be there doing like an endless list while also trying to juggle all the other stuff. And so I think it's been an interesting chapter of reflection and um, just doing things because it's like life has presented them to me. It's like I, for some reason, the, the, the karmas of all the past decisions being made has led this right now to be a very busy chapter. And it's like we go through these waves where it's like sometimes you have super busy chapters. Sometimes life is like more spread out and chill. And I'm someone that really likes, I think we've had this conversation of just having the, the just free time of some sort and not always feeling like you have to be doing something and giving like having a, a space to have your mind be able to wander and ponder and think about deeper things. And so it's like this chapter has been weird because it's there's just like always something to be doing and there's always something that needs to be done and um especially like our, our living room and our kitchen so we've li been living there for almost two months now and so like we haven't really had a living room or kitchen either and so to to then also just have to to go home and then you just see all these projects like front and center and it's like, oh, I just want to go on a walk and like ponder about some stuff. But then I also need to do this and I need to do that. And so I think it's, it's been, that's been what's on my mind is like juggling. Cause life, cause this is what life hands you sometimes. I mean, it's made me ha have more compassion. I mean, like I, I think this is hard to juggle, but then you have, you know, a, a mom, a single mom that's having to work two or three jobs to like, I can only imagine that's probably feels like this times 10. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, so that, that's yeah, just navigating those waters. Yeah. Took a lot of my attention as of lately. I can imagine. Yeah. And you know, for, I know for me when, when times get tough, um, whether that's just being busy or like grief or whatever, um, it's almost the hardest to do, but it's, more time than ever to like double down on the routine whether mm. that is the gym that makes you feel good or like i love doing like some like breath work in the morning mm -hmm. you know just get the day going 
Um, but I notice that like when I'm in those tough times and feeling dense, like it's one of the easier things to skip is the self care, you know, mm-hmm. but it almost like perpetuates to make it itself even worse. And especially like for that single mom with kids working the three jobs, like it's, I can, I can only fathom how hard it is to start a routine like mm-hmm. that, you know, cause like you're probably like, hopefully you're getting eight hours of sleep a night probably not you know what i'm saying but you're you're probably gonna be sacrificing something else like time with your kids or sleep or something like that so um you know there's a there's a time to till the ground and a seed and i think you're in that time right now yeah your harvesting time is coming back around yeah yeah no and that's a good point too with the it yeah kind of drawing that it, it made me think about something else that's something else that's been interesting and that's during those periods you're it's much easier for your mind to drift and into places like negativity or um overwhelmment or just like other negative feelings so to to have to be even more on guard and more conscious to not feed into that that loop as the the pressure heats up and and stuff starts cooking i did i did read something recently that was really inspiring uh more of the the walt got back to the walter russell stuff and he was talking about how um the i mean almost like this baseline standard baseline uh contrast theory to where as i don't i don't know the exact quote but it was basically saying that uh an abnormally high pressure standard getting put upon you only feels that way for a short time and for you to kind of like after after x amount of time that becomes the new standard like for you yeah which is kind of interesting to think about it i mean it works with anything else like whether you're talking about with weights or whatnot but also with life too so you have these these chapters of more intense more things you're juggling, more adversities. And yeah, and if they come out of nowhere at first, yeah, they, they do feel abnormally high, like feels abnormally high amount of pressure. Yeah, but yeah. then you kind of start to match that um, as long as you're able, as long as you don't like succumb to it, yeah. if you kind of just keep chipping away and are able to keep that well, eventually then that just becomes your new standard. And so it's almost like forced growth. And I think that's interesting how life like puts us in these positions to grow us in some way or, or teach us something that we need to be taught. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. Like, you know, it's applicable down the line, you know, it's kind of like the, the law of correspondence that as above, so Mm. below, you know, like it it just works down the line. You can keep following it. Yeah. That's what's interesting about the natural law stuff is like, yeah, when you start, yeah, just paying attention to nature and paying attention to these certain universal laws, it does seem like they, you can apply them to so many different parts of your life and so many different levels, like a macro and a micro level, um, which is interesting because it's like without without the awareness of those, you're, you can be swinging in the dark a lot of times. For sure, yeah. That's one of the things I, I mentioned the Hermetic Principles before. My buddy recently gave me that book, and I've been really enjoying that. And that is essentially like a, some of the laws of the universe. And I, I feel like if you 
you know, I'm definitely not there yet, but having like a full perspective grasp of how they work, I feel like you would have close to the cheat codes of the universe. Yeah. And and it's so interesting too, to like know how they work and then being able to practice it too is like such a, yeah, such a quantum jump. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially nowadays. I mean, you see it online i mean i even know myself being guilty of it it's like knowing something and then but like living it to a t is yeah just like a whole nother <laughs> level you know like i was saying one of the things i've been trying to make a priority is like seeing the outfits of of my thoughts that i'm having and to have good thoughts i feel like you know for me in my head you know to to be at my best it's it's doing the routine that i know um makes me feel good you know like i was saying earlier hitting the gym the breath mm-hmm. work eating good you know they're in having community there's there's a lot of things there that is a constant balance you know and keeping all those things in mind and trying to keep those plates spinning mm-hmm. sometimes can be a lot you know <laughs> yeah, yeah <it laughs> and i think you're 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 in the season where i think you're saying you're you're feeling that right now if i'm hearing you yeah right. well yeah because it's like you're juggling so it's like you can be juggling three things and uh yeah you're juggling it pretty good and you're just used to you're used to your normal time being divided between those three things as just an example um and so then all of a sudden you get maybe a fourth or fifth thing that is like big well now it kind of throws your whole juggling act off you have to like recalibrate your juggle uh and so that i think yeah has been the big adjustment there is and then also to like yeah have to give time because like without that like without the home projects for instance you you have x amount of time for friends family leisure uh, et cetera, those, those things you're juggling. So now you're having to now invest time into like fixing projects and stuff. So now you're having to take time from those other things. And that's been the hardest part is like the home I think is, is, is great. And it's a big part of our lives, but it's like relationships are so those are like, those are where the magic's happening. So it's like now it just feels it just feels weird for me to like have to take time out of those other things and now give it to something that is important relatively because it's like this is what's in front of us and this is what we have to do. But like in the grand scheme of things, it's like the house isn't as important as your time with your family or your mm-hmm. time with your friends. And so there, there's kind of a weird juggling act as well. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. And, you know, having a comfy home is important, yeah. you know, that to, you know, I, I'm sure you guys are excited to get your stuff out of boxes and mm. know, where, know where everything is and all that, you know, those, those little things add up. They so. do. Yeah. And it kind of <laughs> sets the tone of your, yeah, your, your default, um, bandwidth you're running on just like kind of a messy car or a messy room can take its toll over time. Mm-hmm. It's like a messy house as a whole kind of takes its toll over time. Um, Exactly. It's like the feng shui. I don't really know too much about feng shui, but I'm assuming that it's built off of, it's just like how you feel when you enter a space. Yeah. Which is like noticeable. I mean, whether you bring in, believe in feng shui or not, I mean, you could feel, you feel how you feel when you go into different spaces and you do feel different. 100%. (laughs) Like it's noticeably different. And so. 100%. 
I, I don't know too much about it either, but it's one of those things I would love to take a deep dive into. And, you know, if you have the time and the resources, do a whole remodel on something like that, you know? 100%. Yeah, because like you're saying, I mean, the, ta- the house is important. It's, it is a time that you spend, or a place that you spend a lot of your time in. And... I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's been interesting too to just under, to, to balance out what I like too and what I don't like. And yeah, it's just like the, 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 the maintenance and stuff that goes in to a home ownership, for instance, is such a, such a different change of pace than the low maintenance of like renting a home. And so like kind of that adjustment too, it's like, oh, well now you got these projects, but also you have this other, other maintenance stuff that is on top of it that kind of comes with it. And I think it's like, over time, yeah, you, get, you that becomes your new standard, and it's not a big deal. But that that period where your your standard's still adjusting, it's yeah. Like, oh, okay. And I'd like to think there's gonna be a flip side of that for you too, where there's also a correlation there that you know there's a lot more work of owning a house rather than renting, but you're gonna have a lot more sense of pride, you know, mm-hmm. once everything is finished and you guys were actually getting your hands dirty and in there mm-hmm. helping with the process and whatnot, you know. For sure, it, it reminds me of like kind of that that baseline contrast theory too where you have it's almost like this theory that that the universe is always trying to the universe but also yourself is always trying to like stay in this this equilibrium this feeling of homeostasis if you will and and so like when we have these challenging experiences it's like usually offset by something like it's more of a positive feeling and so same thing with like the gym it's like you work out and it's like it's hard it's difficult it's challenging but that's why also why you feel so good afterwards it's like you're you're feeling the the reverse of it um or like an ice bath it's like it's miserable sucks but you're pulling your baseline way um you're you're shifting it. I mean, depending on how you, you're you're viewing it, it's either you're raising your baseline or lowering it. The way I look at it is like you're you're lowering your the baseline of what's needed to feel kind of like joyful, just like yeah. naturally joyful, which yeah. I feel like is is our, is our our supposed to be our natural state. But we we have these we do things in life that then adjust, like messes up that balance. Yeah. And so like. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to, it's, it's interesting to think there's a couple things there. Like we get too comfortable and we start bickering about like the little things, you know, we'll find like the smallest shit to bicker about yeah. because, you know, we're not getting chased by the tiger yeah. or what have you. you well, know? it's like your baseline is so high that then, yeah, if like the tiniest thing isn't perfect, it's like gives you something to gripe about. If it's super low, then like that threshold's so low that it doesn't take much you just to feel just immense full joy immensely joyful and so yeah. like the whole goal is like lower that lower it lower it where you're just everyday living it's like it doesn't take anything else to feel that that joy that you're needing that you're yeah. that you're that you're craving oh. yeah to do a ice bath like first thing in the morning that it, to me that's probably one of the toughest things you can do to raise your baseline you know, to, to adjust your baseline where you need it. Like, I don't know of many more tough things to get out of bed and to go do immediately. When someone tells me they wake up and that's their routine is going and doing an ice bath right out of bed, I'm like, <laughs> you are going to make something of yourself. I don't doubt that one bit. If you stay on this track, like, I'm betting on you. Yeah. You know? yeah. 100%. Because, yeah. I mean, that's a, what a way to flex the discipline, you know? And 
that that seems to be um you know another thing that i've been chewing on over the past like year or so is just like how important discipline is you know and i know having strong willpower and motivation and all that stuff you know it's I guess it's always been drilled into me more that uh, that that's very important, and it is. Um, but more so, the past year, discipline has really just been a um, something in the forefront of my mind that I've been trying to get a hold of with myself. And you know, like Jocko Willink, he says discipline equals freedom, mm-hmm. and I truly believe that he's right. You know, and. I think there's also an interesting correlation, something something that I kind of, I guess, started this path that was like showing me how important discipline was is around the same time I started thinking that I heard that someone said, you know, I was, I was, I was kind of explaining this to them. They were like, yeah, you know, that's why they were called the disciples is because discipline, mm. they were supposed to be disciplined, you know, and it. It seems simple, but I had never made that, the correlation. I never made that, but you know? it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, and he, he wanted them, you know, follow me, I'll show you my ways, but you need to be disciplined and do this yourself, you know? Um, so that was like a core theme, and even back in the Bible, you know? Yeah, well, and, and I think drawing that to, to even like deeper spiritual levels, it's like discipline is almost a physical representation and expression of being able to control your mind and your, your thoughts. And so like relating back to what we were talking about earlier is like watching your thoughts and making sure they don't go negative and make sure that you're, you're conscious of what you're kind of thinking about. It's like without discipline, that thing is just going to rule you. You can, you can see it going negative, but if you don't, if you haven't developed and cultivated that muscle that allows you to then change it, change it because it's it's hard it's very difficult to control your thoughts and to like kind of i mean so difficult that like i mean lots of times like mindfulness is great because it almost like a different approach to it it's like this thing is so difficult to control i'm just gonna watch it yeah which and and that's like super effective uh because then you're not at least losing yourself in it and it's kind of you're disidentifying yourself with it but as far as being able to be more in the driver's seat of, of swaying your thoughts and making them construction constructive and and positive like that that's almost where discipline starts it's like discipline is the control of the mind and control of your thoughts and when we do these uh, physical examples of discipline like doing like the ice bath as an example that's that's it's almost like it takes in your mind you have to decide in your mind first that you know this is not comfortable but you're getting in that ice bath and it's like almost starts on a thought thought level, and everything inside of you telling is telling you not to, right? But, you know, like you're saying, you're in the driver's seat, you dis disidentified from it, and you know what's better in a sense. You're like, no, this is actually what we're doing. It's gonna make you stronger. You know, I know you want to run for the door right now. But that's not what's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that carries over then. So I feel like the more, yeah, the more you are doing the physical version of that, well, then when you are just um, doing the dishes or whatever and your your mind starts thinking about what someone said or something that you maybe took wrong and that you're you're dwelling over it and you're you're feeling it kind of go negative well that that will muscle the willpower muscle that you developed by doing the ice bath or working out or doing hard things in general well now it can be activated and it's like oh i know this feels good to 
to dwell on this because it, like it's kind of for some reason there is kind of this this good feeling that comes with like dwelling on something um and it's almost like the same thing with ice bath it's like and like yeah you want to do that but we're not doing that we're focusing on this and so it's like you're it's the same muscle that you're working out but the 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 reaches of it outside of just the physical getting in the water it's like it makes your whole life better it makes your whole life because it's 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 the most of your time is spent in those in-between moments when you are dwelling on something or you are worried about something that'll probably never happen, or you are thinking about something in the past or projecting too far in the future. It's like, how, how are you controlling that attention? If you haven't worked on the muscle, that thing's just going to pull you around like a, like a pack of horse, like wild horses and you're just going to be along for the ride. And, and that's our default state is kind of along for the ride. And so it's like a battle, a battle to, to get back control yeah 100 percent. yeah i heard something you know recently and i it the the guy was saying a strong mind means a strong body you know and i think there is a direct correlation there with you know i I think a lot of people's you know path to self-improvement starts usually with Mm self-care and self-fitness and things like that and and like you're saying you know flexing that making yourself show up learning a routine when you don't know you know going into the gym when you're uncomfortable you know like those things transfer through through life like you said you can take that skill that that flexing the uncomfortability you know the discipline stuff like that and i know for me that's how i started and i've seen a lot of my friends you know build their character immensely by starting in the gym and then transferring that skill to other things in life whether it's starting a business or you know starting a community or whatever it is you know i've Mm -hmm. I've seen people have great uh, success and taking taking stuff like you know the sauna the gym things like that and be able to transfer it to and other things through Mm -hmm. life but yeah it does come back to the the mind controlling the mind um i mean even i mean with the ultimate goal is like silencing it and just being i really like on those when we're doing when we're using the the wim hof app he talks about the yoga sutras which um, is just sutra i think means like bead or something the general gist of the the yoga sutras is like a very condensed form of wisdom and it was it was made as a way to like be able to easily transport knowledge um verbally in in a time where like you could you'd have to memorize a lot of things and like before books you'd have to memorize and pass on wisdom um, orally and so the sutras are very condensed versions of like eastern philosophy and it starts out and the whole gist of it is like yoga is the the silencing of the 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 mental modifications of the mind and so it's like that's almost what yoga is is learning to get to where we can control the mind to where we can yeah slow it down still it where it's not yeah yeah yeah. uh, that's why i like that part in the wim hof app where he says you are the alchemist Mm -hmm. you know because i feel like that's where our true power our alchemy comes from is being able to control the mind or you know you have a situation that uh that comes up that is tough or what have you you know knowing that your actual your reaction to the situation is where your true power is. Mm-hmm. You know, you not you may not be able to tra- change the exact situation you're in at the moment, but the way that you relate to it or feel about it is where your power resides. And I've noticed that when you 
can change how you relate to a situation, the situation usually changes mm-hmm. to how you relate to it. Which is you know, and, and usually you won't know how it's going to happen, but usually the situation will loosen up or something will change a little bit that lightens the situation or that person will leave that's annoying you or whatever the situation is. But it seems like one of the first parts is surrendering to it first and then there's some alchemy in that. Yeah, you know? there really is. And it's almost like a paradox. It's like, how could yeah, how could surrendering make the seemingly unrelated person in that example leave? It's yeah. like, well, it doesn't <laughs> seem connected, but it happens too often for it not to be connected. And I think it's kind of that tip. It's like a tip of the hat to this this idea of the kind of the universal mind that we are all a part of and that is, kind of pervades everything. And it's so like, if naturally everything is connected through this one universal mind well then by working with it it can manipulate other things that are seemingly outside of your control in a way that is positive for you and um and it's weird and it kind of stems like you're saying from your perspective and how powerful yeah that that shift almost becomes everything it's like you you start seeing stuff different and it really does change um, because you really do change because your perspective, your perspective changed. So like yeah. your perspective is your reality in a lot of ways. And that's, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to look at that, so that I connection. I, I've heard a lot. Your, your one true freedom that you always have is choice. And that's something that no one can take away from you is how, how you choose to feel about something or how you choose to react to something. Yeah. I was about to bring it back to what you were, what you had just said, um, yeah, you're you're always in the driver's seat by how you respond, which is like also a uh, comforting feeling to be in control of that much. It's like you're in the drive. Yeah, you're always in the driver's seat there, and it's a lot of responsibility too. Yeah, I think that's why some people reject the idea that that everything we experience to a degree, pri- I would say primarily everything we experience is a projection of our mind. I think though a lot of times it doesn't set well with people because they may be in un- unfavorable circumstances and um, it puts a lot of responsibility on people. Mm-hmm. But it depends how you look at it. You know, like can be a lot of responsibility, but can also be an answer that you've been looking for and an explanation on how to change things. There's a lot of freedom in that as well. Yeah, you know? which is va- which is so valuable in itself uh-huh. to not feel. Like you're completely being tossed against the by the waves of life. It's like to have some some opportunity to do your part and um, set your sail. Yeah, set your sail like that. Yeah, just knowing that that's possible is kind of everything. Without knowing that that's possible, you're you're very. It's hard to yeah hard to be inspired or motivated. Because like, what's what's the point then? <laughs> How many lifetimes do you think you've lived before? Probably a billion. A billion. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's one of those like so, such a high number that yeah, that it's just like inf- inf- infinite almost. And were they all human too? You yeah, know? yeah, that's a good and yeah. Uh, well, I like I like I'll keep circling back to Walter Russell because he's just so such a fascinating guy. But I I really prescribed to his theory where yeah it's almost like you start out so it's like the idea of you is in the in the ether right and then we start out as uh almost like so like an acorn 
if you look at an acorn, it's like you have the whole the whole tree is in that one little acorn, and it slowly um, slowly grows from there. And I think that we, in the same way, we kind of start out as almost like a single cell, but it's like in that single cell is the entire idea of us as a person. Mm. And so, like, however many lifetimes it takes to go to evolve from that single cell to whatever the end idea for us is that's um that's how many that it takes but like relating that back to were they all human it's like i think that that they we were human but it's like what is a human it's like a human is just that that single cell idea that has reached this maturity so it's like when it was still the single cell i mean you could still almost call it a human just yeah. like like you can call a baby a human even though it's a baby yeah. it's like different than a man a full-grown man but it's still the same idea and i think like that distinction between like a baby and a man yeah. or a woman like there's only time there's only time and so like that seat that single cell it's like it, it's not a human necessarily what we think of when we look at humans but mm-hmm. it could just be the baby of that that human yeah yeah i like that that's an interesting take on it yeah well and then each yeah each lifetime you add a little bit and so i do think that our thoughts help construct like what we are and and what you see and over you know billions and billions of years it's like you you so like we're on this earth it's like oh you we need legs to, to move or maneuver and so like as that single cell we're kind of manifesting our future bodies it's like uh, I, it, it would be interesting to have eyes to maybe uh, be able to interact more with this world around me or hands to pick something up. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure on a very like micro level, it's probably a big jump between the, the single cell thinking about legs. But I think it, it, it starts with that and it's kind of like that single cell's manifesting itself each lifetime to be closer and closer to what we what we see now yeah as as humans universe manifested yeah well it's like the cosmic it's the one mind that's just constantly yeah just creating yeah and creating and ourselves and yeah evolving and that seems to be growing. the purpose of our uh, you know here is yeah to experience it and to love seems to be a, a, a core thing but to evolve mm-hmm. always keeps coming back to me as like one of the core reasons we're here, you know, like, and maybe it is ex- just experiencing the evolution, you know? Yeah. Well, I think like as we evolve, we, yeah, we're almost like, it's like, as you evolve, you were like growing to greater capacities of love, which is kind of what you were talking about is like, it's an important piece or beauty. It's like we, when we're that cell, that single cell, that lesser evolved thing, we may not even know what love is, or we may not know what beauty is. I mean, look at, uh, I mean, thousands of years ago before, like, the, the modern day music. Like, think about how music has evolved and how beauty through that music has evolved and our recognition of beauty and how we can recognize beauty. Um, or like a sunset, when we see a sunset, it like blows us away for some reason, but like maybe uh, uh, like animals, for instance, that seem possibly less evolved, they're not like sitting there being taken away by a sunset. 
or you know what I mean? Like they're they kind of it's, it's like they're still they they see the sunset with their eyes, but their awareness of beauty hasn't evolved enough for them to like notice the beauty. And so like as we're evolving, I think it kind of is that kind of loop into what you're you yeah know, you're saying. Interesting take, you know, and I I guess I. We assume they don't take in beauty, but I don't, I don't know if we... Yeah, you don't know. I mean, I guess I just haven't sure. ever just saw, like, a dog just, like, sitting on a tailgate. <laughs> or, just taking like, it in. Taking yeah. it in. <laughs> that was all I was going on. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it also reminded me earlier when you were talking about Yogananda, um, I, I feel like he said that, you know, with our many lifetimes that we live before we become human, uh, correct me if you remember right, but I think he said... Uh, dogs and horses were like the upper echelon of like the reincarnation and animal line before you become a human. Mm. Do you remember that? Uh, Vaguely. Which is interesting because you'd think it'd be like a monkey or something. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. And and monkey, it may have been in there. That was the one that I couldn't remember if it was in there or not. But I remember him saying dogs for sure. And I'm pretty sure horses were in there, but um, dogs just have that kind of like unconditional love where they're just constantly present. Yeah. You know? No, it's a good... Yeah, and just like a very close with humans. Yeah, very loyal animals. Yeah, yeah. they really are. And so like they're... Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty evolved maybe compared to like a squirrel or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. They look super anxious. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> they really do. So what you, what you reading right now? Uh, so I, yeah, I picked up back on the Walter kick. Oh, the, yeah. the, the Russell kick. So I'm reading a book called Think, and basically it's uh, in the 40s or 50s, uh, J.B. Watson, the president of IBM, had Walter Russell come in and like kind of talk to talk to his organization and like give lectures on just philosophy and personal development from his perspective. And I think they just had a lot of respect for each other as just great men of that time. And so this book I'm reading is those lectures printed that you can go back and read. Oh, nice. And it's it's cool because he, he's like a super deep, deep guy, um, as you probably know with some of his other just like more technical writings. But in this specific book, he... Um, simplifies it a lot because he's just like talking to the everyday person the the everyday worker at ibm okay and so that's cool yes i'm reading that and then listening to the that divine iliad book that he wrote good and that was the first one you turned me on to the divine iliad yeah i mean that's kind of his his big one yeah that's next. That's like I got that up in queue, where I'm about to run back through that because it's been probably close to three years since I read it last, and uh, I remember it being so good. Mm-hmm. He was tapped into something when he wrote that. Yeah, and you can just see his. I mean, it, that's another thing that I, I have so much respect for him is because like you can see it in his works. It's like I think in, in the in the Bible or something it talks about like how you can like by by thy works you shall know that you shall mm-hmm. know them, and it's almost like. You can just tell by what people are putting out, yeah. what they're creating, like what what they're what they're vibrating at, and how and and so like he's just like a masterful painter, masterful sculptor, master like pretty much mastered everything he did, even though he didn't have an education past nine years old. And so it's like this guy has it 
if not anything else, a very interesting perspective on life. And so I really like just reading yeah, people that do have those interesting perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely got an interesting perspective. I'm always interested by how much he's slept on in the community. Just oh, talk with yeah. People who, who read quite a bit of books and stuff like that are into that that type of topic. But uh, most people haven't heard of Walter Russell. Yeah. And I hadn't until you brought him up, actually. I, I've heard his name mentioned once or twice, and it stuck out because I'd read a couple of his books. But, man, he's he should be up there. Yeah. The top dogs, in my opinion. That Yeah, it's a good point, and I don't know why... I don't know why. <laughs> um, yeah, some of his stuff is pretty technical. Like, the science of light is one of them, right? Yeah, where he starts explaining how everything is is light. It's yeah. Like, that lost sh- me pretty quick yeah, on that one. I feel like it loses most people, including myself. <laughs> but it's like, you get little nuggets, too. And it's uh, and that's the thing about him, is it's like, he's when you grasp his other stuff, it makes so much sense that you're like, well, surely... Even though I don't understand what he's talking about with the light stuff, like if all this other stuff makes perfect sense and all of his other stuff is like masterful creations and you can see his sculptures, you can see his paintings, you can see the stuff that he's invented and it's like, well, then this stuff must be on par too. Yeah. This stuff is just like, yeah, I'm not... I'm not able to to grasp how he's saying it yet. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. You think... You know, you how you were talking about like the universe manifesting, like you know, we needed some hands, we need some legs, uh, like created. Do you think that that also comes with like necessities for our collective? Like when I have my mind and when I ask that is, you know, I, I've been seeing this video of this kid who's been like working with like sending electricity wirelessly hundreds of miles, and apparently Tesla could do that same thing as well. And this guy says he's building on Tesla stuff and. You know, I'm seeing like I'm seeing the disclosure project that's supposed to be coming out next month, um, which is essentially tapping into the zero point energy field and creates perpetual energy, which he they claim next month that they're going to be releasing information that uh, has a it's going to be free energy system that they say they're going to open source and put on the blockchain so it can't be taken down and. Um, you know, Dr. Stephen Greer is the one that seems to be kind of the face of it. He said there's a lot of high profile people that are backing this up. And I do believe that I know he's very well connected. Um, but his documentary he put out, uh, it was about a month ago, um, explaining where he's going with this free energy project and how he's going to release it. Um, is, is fascinating. And he showed like probably like five to seven examples of people who've created these energy systems tapping into the zero point energy field in the past. And how the government has basically came and raided their stuff and claimed it was unsafe and, you know, their, or their, their, uh, lab burns down in the middle of the night. There's been a lot of like mysterious happenings, people dying randomly. But anyway, he has a lot of footage of these people in their lab showing video of them having a perpetual energy system. And, uh, all of a sudden the, it's either bought out and put on a, a shelf to gather dust or so, something happens where the collective doesn't have it yet. But anyway, back to my question, do you think that with us, the universe manifesting itself and experiencing itself and us creating things to that we need, do you think that that works with the collective thought as well, like a free energy system? To where it just finds a way to manifest itself through someone? Yeah, that- exactly. It's like, you know, 
people are whatever side of the you know aisle you want to sit on on it like you know limited resources you know global warming you know whatever way you want to look at it maybe we are in a point where we need a free energy system or you know i think it would just nearly change the world overnight you know to a point where you know, heating and cooling our yeah. house and, you know, desalinating water, you know, for people to have clean water sources. And just like you could go on and on and on what free energy could do. But do you think that humanity pulls stuff out of the ether to help evolve us like that? For sure. Because uh, I would, I, the way I would perceive it is it's almost like you have a collective there's we're getting to where you have a collect enough people are collectively probably thinking that it would be a good thing and so it's almost like that's the intention being put out there yeah and so that's almost the collective are then manifesting that and then it just finds its way through some particular person or group of people kind of like what you're what you're talking about um so yeah i think it but i think it's almost like the collective that's creating it in a way. And it, it's not almost that they're creating it as much as they're just like discovering it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's always been there. Yeah. It's like, like this computer, it's like 10,000 years ago or whatever. It's not, it's almost like this, the idea of the computer was still like in the ether. We just hadn't discovered it yet. Yeah. And so who knows how many things are out there that are just, that already exist in, in, in the mind plane um kind of like i'm sure flight was a thing it's like people could could use their imaginations and probably picture what it'd be like if we were flying and then eventually the collective yeah kind of manifested that reality and then it found its way through uh, the wright brothers or um, there might have been other people too that got that um i mean i guess kind of a download but more it's just like awareness it's awareness of how to do this or how to do that just popped in their head just popped in like any good like any idea does it's like and that's what we're all doing all day long it's just like a lot of times we don't take action on them but it's like we all have access to these same ideas yeah it's just some people are in a better position to actually bring them into reality and that's why whether or not Dr. Stephen Greer and the Disclosure Project happens next month, whether he's full of crap or not, I, I don't know. Um, I always veer to the side of being hopeful and optimistic if I have the choice. You know, mm-hmm. if it's not going to hurt me, why not? Yeah. You know, I'm always down to be optimistic. And you're putting the good vibes out there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know. So, you know, whether or not it happens, um, it, I think it's good for the collective to at least chew on the idea of like, what would it look like if you know we had a free energy system and you know with what kind of changes around the world would happen you know like it, it to me i love going to that spot and like visualizing the more beautiful world and what would that look like and what would it look like if we shook the petrodollar with a free energy system and shut <laughs> off the money printer and yeah. turn to a decentralized dollar and like these things that we have uh, we have hedges against corruption. We're just not tapping into all of them yet. And at the very least, I think that having that idea out in the ether and being talked about and having these examples of other people that have created free energy systems and putting a documentary out there, um, it's just a matter of time now. Yeah, especially the interconnectivity of, of all of 
things nowadays, whether you're talking about through podcast or YouTube or, I mean, any, there's so many far reaching with TikTok, social media. I mean, those are so many outlets to get messages out and get awareness out. And so we are living in an interesting time where it's, yeah, this stuff might've been suppressed for a while, which is like, it sucks, but it's like, it's, it makes sense why it is. I mean, you have these powerful interests that are going to be losing a lot of control and power. And so it's like, it makes sense that we, that it's taken this long, but it's like the internet, man, it's a different game. It's the cat's out of the bag. It's yeah. Like, it's out of the bag. They're trying to put it back in the bag. I don't, I don't think it's done, possible. It doesn't like going back in the bag. I mean, yesterday, you know, they had that like censorship meeting, you know, uh, I don't even know if it was in DC or what it was. It was some of the, some of the upper cabal was doing a censorship meeting and, and, Bless them for having some accountability for even calling themselves out on censorship and to have a meeting about it. I'm happy about that. But mid-censorship meeting, they're trying to censor RFK and holding holding a vote mid-meeting. Should we censor this guy in a censorship meeting? Mm. I was like, man, that's like being in an AA meeting and be like, hey, you guys down for a round of shots? It's like, doesn't go together. Does not. <laughs> no, that's not why we're here. We're actually here to do the opposite of what you're trying to get us to do right now. No, that's it just like clinging on to it. Yeah. I think that's like kind of, it's, it's, it's always interesting for me to compare stuff like that on a, on a societal level to kind of like what, go, what goes on within us almost like the as above as so below it's like you have on a societal level it's this like fight for control it's like you're seeing the ego get manif- like manifested before our eyes and it's like you have these people that are yeah that are in control and they're losing it and it's like the ego like wants control like needs control and um so as it's losing control it's like kind of a fight a struggle for that but it's interesting not also yeah like watching that happen within your own psyche and your own and to kind of understand that that battle being played within you mm-hmm. and then it helps the battle being played outside of you make more sense it's in that's one of the things in like that transurfing book that it, i'm reading right now is you know they talk about uh going to the core of of what it is, you know, and not instead of making it a habit of complaining about it and going to a spot where you envision something better, mm. you know, and I think that's a good principle to take throughout life. Like whenever I was in sales and like I was in some management back in my old job is it was always kind of a rule of thumb for me is like, don't bring up a problem unless you have a solution mm. in a sense unless if it's like it needs immediate attention like don't just bring up problems to bring up problems like if you got unless you have a solution to mm. at least want to work towards getting a, it better that's a know? good point it's such a, like a bad habit to, to be in to just almost thrive on the next negativity it's like you're bringing it up just to bring it up just to kind of sulk in a, yeah. in a lot of ways but yeah. whereas you're saying it's like yeah, bring it up when you have a reason to bring it up and you have a way of fixing it. It kind of like, I think it help, helps you polarize to that more positive um, framework. Exactly, yeah. Which all good things seem to come when we're operating in that consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that that's in a similar sense. That's kind of what I like about festivals as well, is it like it, it puts everyone in that little 
bit of discomfort because you know you're out in the elements and you're sleeping in a tent probably getting not too much mm-hmm. sleep and you know the weather changes and stuff and um it's like almost like a, a collective agreement not to complain about it oh you know yeah. but it creates that camaraderie too yeah it's like yeah i know we're all we're all sweating bullets just like it's hot out here <laughs> but we're just not talking about it you know we're just gonna enjoy the moment you know and i feel like there's some it. beauty in that 100 percent. because yeah you, yeah it starts to you can just like feel it too if someone does start doing that or you feel yourself dwelling on it, it just like ruins it yeah <laughs> yeah right. it's like you're yeah it's like <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's kind of unseen and uh, and it, everyone's feeling it. But yeah, when you start drawing even more attention to it by just like riping over it, it's like, it doesn't do any good. Exactly. I just, I just thought of something randomly real quick that a little bit back to the book that you're talking about. What is, what do you think, does it tell you what trans surfing means? He's still kind of laying it out, but um, he talks about like kind of how this waking life is like we are in a dream in a sense um because we're just reacting to the out picturing where or, or the external world you know we're most of us are just reacting to what we're seeing and what um how we feel and his main thing in this book that i'm kind of grasping i'm still not even i'm probably like a quarter of the way through right now but what i've grasped so far is he's saying that uh I, I, one of the analogies he gave is like it, we're like a cat looking into a mirror and not knowing that it's looking into a mirror in a sense. And he says like going into the root of what you're what you're experiencing, and that's where you're really going to see profound change. And not just trying to react to what you see in the outer world to create change, uh, you know, because of- that will work, but it's also not sustainable. It's exhausting, and yeah. if you want, you know quick big change you, there's another way to go about it mm, kind of yeah going to the root going mm-hmm. to it's, it kind of reminds me of that analogy of yeah like seeing your reflection in the mirror and like getting trying to like hit the mirror change the the reflection yeah like, it's just Doesn't kind of a losing battle yeah yeah but when you think of reality that same way yeah it kind of changes the way you you view it uh-huh. how you view change needing to happen and where it needs to come from exactly yeah so yeah he's just started like explain the beginning of it and then now it's 78 days that there's like a lesson a day that you chew on which i love stuff like that little bite-sized stuff like i was saying earlier just to kind of keeps the like the trying to grow yourself it keeps it fresh yeah you know it gives you something to look forward to too like each day it's like a something little nugget to take take home or to, yeah. to, to, to focus your attention on and reading just a page or two a day can change my whole mindset you know and get me on a completely different track if i'm feeling down or something like that like you were saying like some of these books if you find a book that gets you high you'll always want to find the books that get you high and the reason they get you high is because it's truth Mm. you know you resonate with it you know it's true and you know how profound understanding that stuff can be and change your life. You know, for me, I think that's why it gets me high. Yeah. And it's like, you can feel it. It's like noticeable. It's a noticeable high. Yeah. Um, It's not just not subtle. It's almost, it's like an addicting high in a way, just because it is so like addicting in the best way. Mm -hmm. And and it's weird though. Cause yeah, 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 you can be riding that high and then 
yeah, sometimes you go through the whole book. I, I've had that to where it's just like the first half of the book, I feel it. And then it's like, okay, that's what I needed to know from that book. Or that's what I needed to know right this second. And then, yeah, a month may go by and then the, re- the, the next half gets me high. So it's interesting though to like pay attention to that. And like in, 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 in extrapolating that in, extrapolating that into even more things, I think that we should always, yeah, follow even what gets us high in everyday life too. It's like what, almost like what's catching your interest. What's, what are you noticing? What do you, it's almost like everything is kind of, I mean, when you, you, when you think of an idea, you can get high on an idea. If it's like, if it's the, the truth coming through and it's like what you need to be doing right now. And it's, it's almost like the more we can lean into that, um, the better. And a lot of those books, like you're saying, they, they get you high and they like elevate you to kind of a new thought level, especially if you're reading about a great, like a great mind that wrote it. And it almost kind of puts you, gives you a taste of that level. And then, um, yeah, kind of carries over and can bring your whole day to a different level. Yeah, it truly can. I'd say one of the more powerful books that I've read recently and probably ever is the Paul Selig series. And uh, he says, or I guess the guy, it's because it is a dictated book, um, which took me, it was a hurdle for me mentally to get over. But again, once you read even just a little bit of this book, I, it's, it's, it's hard to put down and hard to deny how palpable it is. But he says, or the guides say in that book that that is one of the promises of their teachings and of the book is that it is embedded with resonance. And that they said that is a promise that you will feel the book. And I remember reading that. I was like, that's a, that's a tall order, you know? <laughs> but damn, they deliver, man. And I think I've read like four or five of his books now and every single one of them are like that. And like I'm, this Transurfing book is great. And I really enjoy it, but I've been itching for another Paul Selig mm. book just because it gets me to that elevated state and I carry that throughout the day, you know, and it, their main teaching is all about, um, they have some mantras in there. I've never done mantras, but they, they give you some like super easy mantras to do. And, uh, those again are super embedded with resonance. Mm. Like you say them and. I, I can feel the change. And also we were talking about like lightening the situation around you. They give you mantras for like when stuff is tight and you're just really wishing the situation would change, whatever that, you know, looks like. And I've seen them dissolve in real time mm-hmm. after doing these mantras, you know? Um, so anyway, yeah, highly recommend his book. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like who, and, and that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, if it's if it's making you feel if you like we we should all be able to know that we have the discernment enough to tell a deep truth when we hear it or see it and it's like it doesn't matter I mean it can come from a eight year old it can come from a homeless guy on the side of the road it can come from dictation like 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 this one is it's like we shouldn't judge where it comes from we should judge like the message and yeah. how it how it resonates with us mm-hmm. and not have these like pre- preconceived notions about the source of yeah. it because it does i feel like god and the universe and however you want to look at it kind of works through different mediums in different ways and yeah why cut yourself off to it 
if, if, yeah, if, if it gets you, you, it's if you feel it, you feel it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, some things are beyond logic. For sure. And the irony of it is I think the reason it was a mental hurdle for me to get over to read a dictated book is because I grew up traditional Christianity. And for some reason, I always thought that dictation is blasphemous. And and then someone reminded me, they're like, you know, the Bible is dictated, right? And it just almost blew my top. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, where are these thoughts, these dogmatic beliefs that I've told myself and held myself somewhat accountable for with my feelings, you know? Of, of, should I even be reading this right now? And, like, it makes me kind of step back and, like, well, where else am I unaligned like mm. that? And, and, and having guilt or shame because of these dogmatic beliefs that I grew up with. It could be like unconsciously swaying your decisions and how you're acting or... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's no way... If you don't know, you don't know, you know? And I'd like to think that that stuff will unfold for me as I continue to go, but... But yeah, we're, I guess we're the ultimate judge of ourselves with the guilt and the shame. And, mm. You know, we, we bring in our punishment where it's necessary. Yeah, that is a... a and that's part probably part of the evolution, part of the the growing and part of the game <laughs> yeah yeah part of the game which the is infinite a wild game. game let me tell you it's a wild game it's a wild game <laughs> um, with the no, wildest yeah yeah with probably no end ever yeah you yeah know? which it, you were you were talking about like you know if there isn't you said something about an end point and I, that's you know i was thinking i was like i don't know if there will ever be a crystalline point to where we just reach our perfection or you know maybe i'm sure there'll be many great resets as far as like a flood or maybe there'll be a nuke or solar yeah. reset you know solar flare whatever but i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of that but i don't know if there will ever be an end and no. i don't know if human beings will be the end point either where there may be a whole you know from dinosaurs to human beings mm. to something that we can't even fathom which you know? is yeah part of what makes this experience so so wild and relating back to the the russell stuff is like like they don't, uh, their theory is that, yeah, there's not necessarily an end and there never was a beginning. They're more about this concept of rhythmic balance interchange where it's more cyclic, um, which makes sense when you look at nature and you look at your breath and you look at a Seasons. day and a night and a season yeah. and like uh, your heartbeat, like everything is kind of going in and out and up and down and night and day and it's like kind of following this pattern. And so naturally the yeah growth of the universe would, would also follow the kind of that as above, so below it's like on a micro level, this is happening. So on the macro level, that's probably happening as well. And the, the beauty of the psych, the cyclic nature is it allows for that kind of that infinity Cause it's like, there's always, there's a life and a death, but then a life again, mm -hmm. death again, and a life. There's always like a, yeah, you go up and you go down and you go up and you go down. It's like a circle. Yeah. And so, so it's like, we're, we're on a track, but I do feel like to, I do believe in that, but I think to some extent that we do have a lot of control over where we go. Like, you know, I, th I think in our culture right now, we're in a huge turning point, you know, like. 
in a couple of years, like we could all be seeing Kumbaya with a free energy source, or we could be in World War Three. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that we're at a turning point right now where a community that we touched on earlier, I think, is a huge um, spoke in this hub. But getting together and um, you know finding our power in unity, I think, is going to be essential for for this time. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm glad we finally got around to doing this is, you know, cause we do, there is a huge community around us and all over. And, uh, you know, hopefully this can be another little olive branch out there to, to start another community and share ideas and have an open discourse, like whatever it is, let's just talk about it. You know? Yeah. And, and how easy it is to then connect with so many other people that are maybe juggling with the same thoughts mm-hmm. or same ideas. Yeah. And, yeah. And circling back to right before what you said, um, when you were talking about like us do us having some control of, over that, that experience. And, um, it's weird. It's almost like there's like the, the parrot, it's almost everything's a paradox. So it's like there's control and then there's not control. Yeah. And it's like, it's just interesting to think about. And that's also why I think there's so, there's a lot of, um, disagreements it's because there there can be two things true at once. <laughs> so like, why even get caught too caught on yeah the disagreements? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like it's not an either or type thing. Yeah, um, that's it. You know, that's it. There's the polar opposites, and there's that pendulum swinging all the time. You know, and that 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 uh, just gotta be careful not to let that power of the pendulum pull you in. You know, hundred percent keep awareness that the tide's turning and the pendulum swinging and that maybe both are true. Yeah. Most of the time they are, <laughs> yeah. especially just like depending on which way you're looking at it too. I mean, there's, I've been in like complete disagreements with someone and then through enough conversation, you realize you're both trying to say the same thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like, that's the problem of ways, language. Yeah. Well, even with religions, I mean, I was about down to, to yeah. a, a macro or up to a macro, like, it's the same thing. They're they're saying mainly the same stuff, you know, but they bicker. And even within Christianity, the different uh, sects of Christianity, there's they they may argue about Mary or yeah, something small, kind of like, you know, trivial stuff. But they'll say you're going to hell because of it. Yeah, you know? it's <laughs> like if you're looking for the differences, bro, you're gonna see so many. Yeah. You're gonna see so many, and that's like once again, kind of the work of the ego is to see the differences because the ego sees the differences and then it's able to say like my, my version's right. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're, if you're not, if you're looking at the similarities, you don't get that. The ego doesn't get that stroke that it gets when it, when it points out differences and then puts itself as being the correct one out of the things that are different. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, I always thought it's fascinating, especially cause like a lot of spirituality is, is moving beyond the ego, mm-hmm. but yet you see the ego then ruining the spirituality. Oh, it's a sneaky one. It'll sneak into spirituality real quick. Oh man, yeah, very subtle, uh-huh. and that's that's part of what makes it so tough. And like, I guess helps me have compassion for yeah for different people that may be practicing different religions that may have judgments and stuff to others and it's just like the, it's just so easy to get caught in that ego and caught in the difference plane but yeah if you're focusing on similarities you're gonna see so many and yeah yeah and like especially with all the major religions if you really focus on the the meat of it the, the good stuff you're 
it's like kind of a no, no-brainer similarities. Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. obvious similarities. I think, yeah, I totally agree. I think that like for thousands of years, you know, we've probably been picking out differences. So it probably is ingrained into us to some extent. But I would say the biggest factor in it to me is going back to mainstream media and like the messaging that's it's sent down to us as a collective is divisive in nature, you know? And there's a couple of things they agree on if you'll pay attention. They tell us to disagree on almost everything, but there's a couple that they agree on. And one of them's war, you know, on both sides of the aisle, they're about going to start in wars because they know that brings in the money, you know? But I think the, the, the reason they're sending down divisive uh, propaganda to us is to keep us just bickering with each other, you know? They don't want us to see the similarities. that Because if we start seeing the similarities, then we're going to start seeing who's pulling the actual levers. We're going to get to peek behind the curtain a little bit. Like I, I, Wizard of Oz? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think that's whenever whenever we can start seeing more of the similarities and differences and see that we actually want fundamentally the same things, then that's when we'll really band together and have a lot of power and we'll see a lot of change really quick. Yeah. And I, I think it's tough with the yeah, with the 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 mainstream media companies too, is you have you just have like these incentives embedded within within the entities there that then cause cause the div- divisiveness and stuff because it's like preying on i guess human how i mean it's all kind of like for ratings and for views and for so it's like this this incentive to put out whatever's going to stir the pot and so it's kind of a weird weird way i always go back and forth between like thinking about is, yeah, is there, is, there, is there really some guy or some group that is like the Wizard of Oz that is like behind the curtain that is like purposely doing this, this, this? Or if it's kind of more subtle and more just, uh, yeah, more just like these incentives that then cause those disagreements and because, yeah. because of the way it's structured in a way that like, yeah, that incentivizes that kind of stuff. And For sure, which usually circles back to like greed or something yeah, like that. You know? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It, it brings up a quote that I've, I've been milling over recently, and it says, Never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. Mm, perfect and, example. Yeah. And I, I think the stupidity also includes the greed and just base level stuff that, uh, you know, Machiavellian actions to just better their own life at the expense of others. Yeah. Which is like stupid in the sense of also like, it may not be, may not be intellectually, but like morally, you can be morally stupid. You can be ethically stupid. Yeah. You can be stupid when it comes to love. Like you can not know love. You can be just dumb. Like if, if love was like an intellect spectrum, you could be dumb in it. And so, like, yeah, a lot of these people, yeah, these the stupidity can be a more broader word yeah. than just, like, like IQ, for instance. For sure. Very uh, short-sighted decisions, you know, that are made. But there's a lot of, of rumblings of big change coming. And, again, you know, leave it up to me to be super hopeful about it. But, yeah, I'm expecting uh, 
it's going to be a crazy year next year with the elections and all that. But I think that through, once we get through all the madness, I think there's going to be a lot of good change and there's, there's people out there that, uh, for the first time I'm finally seeing some people, some potential leaders step up with integrity and, and character and, you know, that, that cares about, uh, being healthy and, and truth which I can't say I've ever seen in politicians before. So it's kind I'm of a hopeful. new, yeah, it's kind of a new frontier. And I think it's like also because we're, we have a, as a collective, um, are probably growing too. And so naturally as the collective grows in awareness and consciousness, then the representations of that collective that are appearing start to be of the higher caliber for because sure. It's, it's almost just like our leaders and our presidents and are almost like, uh, they're just representations of where the collective's at right this second in, in a way. And so, um, as you raise each individual, well, then the collective starts putting higher quality people in those positions of power yeah. to represent us. And more expectations yeah yeah it's because like it's like you're not gonna put up like if, if you have a collective that is educated um in the sense of like they are in tune with themselves and in tune with truth and in tune with what's right and what's wrong they're just not gonna put up with they're not gonna put up with the crap yeah. they're gonna they're gonna want someone that represents them but the opposite is the case if some people are disconnected from that inner truth and their inner self it's just easily they're able to be easily be manipulated and that's when you have representation that isn't the highest quality for sure so hopefully we're moving into a different phase there i think we are yeah i think the past few years has woken up so many people to just see that like hey um the people in control right now are actually like children in adults bodies and they are deceitful and um maybe we need to band together and and kind of collectively start brainstorming on how we can create a more beautiful world. So that is the good part. You know, like the past few years was madness, but like in hindsight, it's it was a blessing. It was kind of calm before this. Yeah, it was like calm and storm, and then it's, there's that after. That the after rebuild. Glow, the rebuild, yeah. yeah. So it seems like we're in it. And so it's like a perfect time too for for conversations like this and for conversations that have already been happening. And like you're saying, as we move into this next year, it's going to be all the more powerful to, to be able to connect and to get good ideas across and to be able to speak your mind and express yourself and build communities around those similar self-expressions. Yeah. And, um, do you think that we're coming into like a new age per se? Like we were in the industrial age and then I've, I've heard that like we were in the information age with the internet and just instant access to all information in your pocket. And then it seems like we kind of moved to the misinformation age where the, the waters are like intentionally muddied right now, mm -hmm. where it's hard to see which way's up sometimes, you know, it, back to just trusting your gut on a lot of stuff for me, you know, and I have news sources I trust as well, but you know, the main thing for me is the gut, the gut, it's got to pass the gut or yeah. else I'm not buying it, you know, but you know, back to the question, do you think that we're moving into some type of new age or anything like that? No, I think you brought up a really good point with the, the gut thing and the intuition. And I, I could see us 
moving into more of a place like that because in a time when there's information overload, things are just rapidly, rapidly accelerating as far as like from a tech technology standpoint. Um, it's going to be hard for our logical, rational mind to keep up with it all. And so with that being, I feel like this new age is almost going to have to be intuition and feeling based because it's almost like overloading your computer, overloading the circuits. It's like if you try to be too much in the mind and you try to use that old way, that old framework, you're just going to you're gonna be depressed and anxious because mm-hmm. you're, it's going to be too much for your mind to handle. Yeah. But when um, – so I think kind of like what you're saying, this, this – or at least what you found with yourself is this shift internally. And um, I, I am hopeful – that that'll be the place that we're they're, we're moving into where people are starting to the collective as a whole is starting to do that because I think if you have that good connection with yourself that self awareness that self realization um, then then you're close to truth and you're close to God and you're close to the source you're close to it all um, so that that's my opinion that we'll be moving towards that what what are your thoughts on that. Yeah, or on that, or on not not even necessarily that, but just the next phase. Yeah, I think we're definitely coming into a new phase too. Um, you know, again with like the muddied waters and stuff like that. That's I think that's why I've gravitated to listening to so many podcasts. Um, is that trusting my gut and knowing that that's where I get my um, current up to date perspective on a lot of stuff. You know, and there's admirable people to listen to that are very positive and have good things to say and um get great ideas across you know so i i think that podcasting is a huge part of this new age that's coming in and also you know there's a lot about to unfold with ai and no one knows where that's going even a year from now no one knows it's it's pretty wild to try and project anything with that but I do know that it's going to create a lot more content out there for now. I can see that in the short term where the waters may get muddied even more, you know? So I like where your head's at. I I would like to think that that's going to make people turn inward and, uh, you know, start seeing the patterns that, uh, you know, what, what sources to trust and whatnot. And, um, yeah, yeah. I would like to think there's there's an awakening with that and yeah I've, going back to just being like intellectually honest with yourself I would like to think that a lot of people are hopefully gonna just uh, do some soul searching and and not just uh, be at the whims of what the masses are doing you know do some critical thinking have some common sense and find your voice if you don't feel like this is the right thing to do who cares about the peer pressure hold your ground and you will never regret it Mm -hmm. you know you'll never regret it if you're if you if you're not feeling it just don't do it um so there's just uh there's a lot of things that i i can see positive coming from it i don't know what the new age will be called but I know it's going to be it's going to be fascinating, especially with AI unfolding. Yeah. Well, and, and then also with what that's going to do 
I mean, you also you're talking about uh, a little bit ago about the free energy stuff, and that's kind of a whole nother spectrum outside of AI. And so it's like all these changes and all these advancements. I think it's going to be cool because it's going to continue to hopefully um, free us from doing uh, more labor intensive things, which then frees us up to to be more focused on the creative plane, the creative outlets. Um, and so I think the essence of creativity is that finding that inner voice and expressing it. And so, um, this, we could experience like an explosion in creativity too, as things become more autumn, everyday things that don't have to do with creativity are becoming more and more automated that frees us up to, yeah, create more and to, to divest more, invest more into art and artistic expression and that's a beautiful world to live in when you have more people leaning into that. That's a, that's a wild world to, to picture because I mean, creativity and art and stuff, that's what adds beauty and zest to life. And so imagine if you're able to like really ramp that up, it could be really cool. It's among one of the main qualities that sets us apart from animals and it, creativity. I feel like is where humanity really shines, Yeah, you know? And it's with the emergence of AI and, and there's some uncertainty on how that will unfold with, you know, you know, like you're saying jobs being taken over and stuff like that. I think that the universe will meet us halfway there and who knows, it may be this project disclosure thing. It may be something way out of left field that no one saw coming, mm -hmm. but I don't think we're going to be left destitute, high and dry by the yeah. universe and just introducing new technology, you know? I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna help us just like technology in the past. I mean, we used, uh, people used to have to work 14 hours a day in a field, 16 hours a day in a field. And now like, I mean, look at just technology allows us to work a couple of hours a day on your laptop anywhere in the world. If you like want to like, the, the work day is getting shorter. We're getting more done in shorter amount of times. And like, if, if, if you look at that from a balanced perspective and you don't get carried away to where you're still working 16 hours a day, just to like, because you want more more, 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 more. Um, but if you just allow yourself to have more of a, of a balance, like technology allows us to have more of a balance. And like, if yeah, if we can get 16 hours of, hard intensive labor now down to like two hours of, of a couple computer things that you got to do each day. Like look at your day, your whole day is different than it was maybe 300 years ago when you had to. And yeah, so it's exciting to see like what's that even further down the road mm -hmm. as, as become, we become even more efficient with stuff. Yeah. So hopefully. Yeah. We get to the point to where, yeah, everyone's needs are met at such a high level to where, yeah, I mean, you, you, you might, I hate to say just like a world where you don't work because I think that, but I think it'll be to where your work will be your, your Passion. artistic, yeah, your artistic self-expression yeah. will be, that'll be your, cause like 
work is good in the sense that it's like you're contributing to society you're 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 serving the world it's like the world the universe is taking care of you what are you giving in equal returns for that yeah it's like if if the if the if we're not working 16 hours in a field anymore it's like i don't think that hopefully like which it can also go each way i mean people can also spend 16 hours scrolling on tiktok Mm -hmm. but it's like hopefully it's going to be geared towards that artistic self-expression to where we still we're beating the universe halfway in the sense of like we're still giving back and we're contributing yeah I, i i like that and i think that as the leisure time or the free time grows, I think that it's important that our discipline grows as well. So we're not scrolling 16 hours a day and arguing about gender (laughs) all day long online. You know what I'm saying? Because we can get caught up in the little tiny details and see all these differences because we have way too much time Mm -hmm. and we're not doing anything with it. Slippery slope indeed. (laughs) Yeah. And Honestly, like that's whenever I took the leap from working my full-time job, Broken Freight, to working for myself and doing this art project, that was one of the things like subconsciously I told myself that like, yeah, you got a lot more free time right now and you're living the life that is your heaven on earth, but you also have to earn it every day. You need to show up. You don't be scrolling all day long. Don't. Don't be watching movies midday. No gaming while the sun's up. You know, like I make these rules for myself that makes me feel like I deserve to live the lifestyle that I want to live. Mm. And I think that if we all want to grow collectively, I think we all have to hold that individual accountability with ourselves. That if we want that leisure time, that, you know, if our more beautiful world is that we don't have to work because AI provides for us and we have a free energy system and whatever beautiful cherries you want to put on top of that then we need to earn it too. It's not just going to be put in our lap and we're able to scroll all all day online and argue about just, just things that aren't truly important. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of, it comes back to, to balance everything you can. um, It's another Walter Russell thing. It's like, yeah, if you can condense it all into one word, he said is balance. He said, if you need two words, balanced interchange, if you need three words, rhythmic balance interchange. And so you can kind of apply that to any, anything in life and it's like in that example it's like yeah if you're scrolling all day or um just consuming too much your 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 ops your tip you're tipping the scale too far in one direction Mm -hmm. and anytime that happens like it's it's down to self-correct at some point it's gonna be it's gonna be real shaky um, it's gonna it can it could be bad, but if you're always being trying to be conscious of the balance and staying within that in everything you do, well then you you have a your life is a is a is a structure that lasts. It's like a like a pyramid. It's like a perfectly balanced kind of structure that will stand the test of time because it's it's balanced in a way that maybe something like the Leaning Tower of Piazza, how it's kind of it's, it's only a matter of time where gravity takes that thing down yeah, right. <laughs> well it's like in our, our lives work the same way it's like when we're too far out of balance it's only a matter of time before that's gonna come back and bite us uh-huh yeah again with that that pendulum swinging yeah, uh, yeah exactly it'll come back yeah that's beautiful well dude you want to you want to wrap this this first one up that was a treat man yeah um, i'm glad we got the first one under the belt 
And, me too. Uh, and it's interesting. I'm excited for it to continue to unfold. I like it not having too much of an agenda because it just takes a life of its own. Hell yeah. Appreciate we'll it. see you guys soon. Peace. Thanks for joining us on that first Mr. Pronoia podcast. We got more interesting conversations coming up. We got guests lined out. We're working on getting on Spotify right now, so hopefully by the time you're hearing this, maybe it is on Spotify. What other platforms would everyone like to hear us on? Feel free to shoot any comments or suggestions over our way. We appreciate it. Talk to you guys soon.